Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Two Chunks in a Hunk, a movie podcast where we give pumps and dumps. Hello and welcome to yes. Two Chunks in a Hunk. My name is Jordan Wonders and this week I am your chunk. I'm Doge and at my signal, unleash chunk. Yes. And I'm Carter. The beating heart of Rome is not the marble of the Senate. It is the hunk of the Colosseum. Oh, very good. Mm, very yeah. good. So I know that you're the hunk because this is the movie that you have brought for us today. Yes. But also <laughs> why? Uh, also because, man, I knew how much of a commitment Two Chunks would be, but I didn't know it would be this much. Mm-hmm. But the fact mm-hmm. that Two Chunks was able to pay my way to actually go to Rome yeah, uh, it's crazy. Last with, summer with to all, be able to, uh, or last fall to be able to go out there and kind of be on site yeah, to have yeah. some good comparisons. Well, and, and now we're going to cut to a pre-recorded portion of the podcast where Carter recorded his review of this movie from Rome, from, from the Coliseum, Rome, in the Coliseum, <laughs> just the biggest <laughs> echoes. <laughs> well, and like the crazy thing, and I kept trying to tell Carter this the whole time. All you have to do for Rome is just like go outside of your cell phone carrier's area and you'll like accrue the charges. And then it's just roaming. And then Listen, you're roaming. When you started talking and you started in that voice, I really hoped that wasn't going to be the joke. <laughs> Certainly was. Oops. So, we, we were there. Sorry to disappoint. Something we decided on a long time ago <clears throat> was that those of us that are bringing the director will kind of, kind of drive the conversation. Does that also mean that I... Kind of do the lead up to what we're reviewing today? Maybe. But I do have a question. <laughs> Yikes. Because <laughs> that's a lot of responsibility. I just have something that's been burning a hole in my brain. And I, and I need us to talk about it real quick before we jump into is this, this movie. This going to be another bad joke. No, this isn't a joke. Okay. This really isn't. And I, I actually want your real opinions on this. This oh. has nothing to do with the movie. I just can't get it off my head. Oh, okay. Out of my head? That's the one. That's fine. So I know that we actually have some listeners that are like, from far and wide, which is pretty cool. We record in Texas, and in Texas, Whataburger is kind of a big deal, right? Yeah. Whataburger, yeah. fast food restaurant. When I say the phrase, quintessential Whataburger breakfast item, what are you two thinking of? Honey butter chicken biscuit. HBCB, yeah. Thank you. I felt Why? like I was taking crazy pills. I've had Someone say taquitos? Com- yes. Huh. To which I say, they're fine. But it's just a breakfast taco. Like, there's nothing iconic about it. Was this person it. older than you? Uh, yeah. I think it's a generational thing, because that's what my dad says, too. Really? Yeah. If you were to ask my dad and any of his friends that question, it would be taquitos. Because I don't know how long they've had the honey butter chicken biscuit. Some some of the people that I asked that were older than me were maybe like six or seven years older at, mm. at most. And right. it was just crazy to me, because it, the, the Whataburger taquito, it's delicious. Yeah. But is it, I mean... It's just I could hand you that in like a Sonic breakfast taco, and I bet most people. I'm not saying everybody, but I, bet, I think most people would just say, "What a good well, breakfast taco!" Same. The Sonic one's way better. The Supersonic breakfast burrito is way better than the Whataburger taquito. Way better. Way better. You kidding okay. me? There's tater tots. I'm glad that we're all on the same page. <laughs> okay, it's pretty good. I'm glad That's that we're all on the same page with the honey butter chicken biscuit because we are. I. I, my heart was breaking for these people. Yeah, and that's I, wild. I just wanted them to see the error of their ways. In this conversation, I've decided it wouldn't be right. I've really been reflecting on it. It wouldn't be right for me to intro the title. 
It just doesn't feel like. Are you sure? Yeah, I want okay. you to do it. All right. Was that your plan all along? No, I just distract, wanted to talk about what distract Carter with the chicken biscuit. That's all it takes. It's the one-two punch. <laughs> <laughs> the classic combo. Well, <laughs> much like the breakfast taquito was the downfall of many a friendship for me. Wow. Okay. Rome had a downfall. Yep. Yeah. And it came shortly after the occurrences of this movie, which of yeah. course is called Gladiator. Gladiator. Well, we, got we got there. Brilliant. That's transition. why you handed the reins back to Papa, huh? Yeah. That's exactly why. For that sharp mind. Oh, man. So my director is Ridley Scott, Sir Yay! Ridley Scott. And we're not going to keep calling him Mr. Sir. I'm just laughing because I reversed his name in my head. Skidly S- Rot. Skidly Rot. rot. Oh, yeah. gross. <laughs> Sounds like a jazz singer. Do not demean him. Skidly Rot. Doesn't he play bass for Kid Rock? <laughs> he might. <laughs> or that's just a type of like honky tonk. <laughs> that's like the scatting, and, and, but it's honky tonk scatting. Skidly Rot. Well, count on me on the fan on me on the bottom That was just me scatting as a, as a hillbilly. Wow. In this, your though, world, honestly, it, though, is it somebody running an auction? Stop. So, so, but but remember, though, oh. this is a movie podcast, it is, yes. isn't it? Wow, I'm sweaty now, yeah, for sure. Um, so, Gladiator, yeah. I had forgotten that the very beginning of this was the kind of iconic scene that we see throughout, which was yeah. the, um, the wheat. would you call it a dream sequence at this point? What is that? It, it's kind of happening with I daydream. I got you, Captain. Dude, yes, man. I got this responsibility to like <laughs> deal with the flow and I'm, I can't handle it. It's okay. Yeah, like, this is like my one thing. And then I'll come in and say like one I'm forever the later. rookie of this podcast, by the way. <laughs> I will never not be the rookie. We'll catch up. I hope. Does you know what to do? Gladiator tells the story of uh, a successful Roman gem- general, Gemeral, uh, who is... Gemeral Lagasse. Gemeral Lagasse. Bam! <laughs> Every time he swings the sword. <laughs> Bam! <laughs> what a weird vibe. Yeah, I love it. No, I'm I love loving it. it. So good. This is the morning vibe. Yeah, it really is. I'm picturing the scene with Lucius where he's, where he's going... There, 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 there. Every time he swings the sword, he's like, bam, 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 bam. <laughs> Okay. That's very good. Uh, so Gladiator tells the story uh, of a former Roman general. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, he sets out to exact vengeance against the corrupt emperor who murdered his family and sent him into slavery. Mm, very good. That gives That's us room synopsis. to play. That's a short yeah. synopsis. It gives a lot us of room, room to, play. to play. The sandbox is huge now, and I haven't used up very much of the sand. Very big sandbox. <laughs> um, I think good. before we even go into, because I think what's going to be fun about this, and I'm, I'm glad I have the first one so we can kind of try this out, because yeah. we've never done anything like this. Yeah. A, even bringing something separately to the table, um, but then B, trying to have all this synergized together. Yes. But yeah. um, one of the things that really impresses me about Ridley Scott is he just kind of does whatever genre he's interested in at the time. Yes. Yeah. He's not really known, even though, you know, you'll get things like Blade Runner uh, and stuff like that. He is, he's a sci-fi sure. guy, The Martian, one of the most recent big sure. hits of his. I, I, I feel forgot like, that was him. I feel like sci-fi is home base for he's him, in the science. So in 2007, he was inducted into the Science Fiction Hall of Fame. I love so it. he is there, right? I love it. But that yeah. doesn't mean he couldn't just make a war epic that won five Oscars. And so that's why I was like, Whew. that's why I wanted to be able to flex Ridley's muscles with this yeah. because there's lots of muscles in this. Well, and he 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 is a quote of talking about, because this is a, a genre often called sword and sandals, which, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, tends to be exactly what it sounds like it is. But he talked about how he wanted this to not be a typical sword and sandals movie. Like of, feeding the grapes. Yeah, and, like he mentioned specifically lounging around and eating grapes with like yeah. palm fronds and, and things like that. And that's that. such a good transition because that's such his, like, I think I would describe, and I don't want it to dilute like his brilliance, but I think Ridley Scott is really good at gritty. Yeah, I yeah. agree with um, that. Because even with his views of the future and the past, there's a real a realism to it, even in sci-fi, to where yeah. it's like, not kind everything of, is pretty, pretty and beautiful. And like Ridley Scott, you don't really think of a lot of like, 
bright colors, like whites and stuff. And right. like, so we start out in Germania in this battle. And a fun story about that, I don't know if you guys read, was this forest was about to just be like completely burned out. Like mm-hmm. it was, they were just going to, what is it, deforesting? Where like yeah. they were just going to destroy it. And so he was like, oh, he like absolutely jumped on this opportunity. He's like, I'd love to film a battle scene here. And how about you let me burn it Let's down? Let's just go ahead and burn it while we're there. Can I wow. burn this forest down yeah. for you, England? That's so, amazing. Isn't that awesome. Super, super cool. And so um, I'm actually, I think a lot of the times when people think about Gladiator, they think about Braveheart. I do personally like Gladiator oh, more. I also because do. these were I do too. These were, you know, mid, so 1994 was Braveheart. Mm-hmm. And then we had in 99, technically 2000 was yeah. Gladiator. Yeah. Well, and the, they share some story beats. Absolutely, you know, wronged, wronged revolutionary. Yes, fights. I mean, and, and spoiler, ultimately dies in. Yeah, you know, it's a it's power the struggle. Patri- this is this is kind of rounds up the trifecta of the historical epic subgenre of the Dad Saturday movies. Yes, amazing TNT. Like TNT. I almost yeah. was able to watch, and because I don't technically have a TV provider because we use PlayStation View, uh-huh. I almost was able to download the TNT app. To watch Gladiator yeah. for free, yes, but yeah. but it sits alongside movies to me like like Braveheart and The Patriot of like yeah, so that's, those are the the historical Dad Saturday movies. Mel yes. Gibson was almost cast as Maximus. I did read that, um, so that would have really rounded it out. But yeah, to me, in, in Carter, I'm assuming particularly you would agree with this as well. This is the strongest of the three. I really do think so. Me. I, think so I honestly do think so. Um, and that's because there was more stuff in there that's memorable. I think with Braveheart and Patriot, it's like. There's a you there's freedom. Yeah, there, well, get, yeah. well, yeah. <laughs> there's like a there's definitely windows to where I would go use the bathroom or like yeah. But with this one, not just because I was doing this for the podcast, it was like pause, get some water, come back, play. You know, it was yeah. like it didn't feel like that, and that's sure. just because I think the acting across the board is stronger than any of the other movies. I agree with that. Um, but we have Russell Crowe who was great. I mean, he won an Oscar for this film, so yeah. this did wow. win five Oscars. Well, and this was kind of in his. Hottest moment, wasn't it? I mean, this is sort of him. Yeah, at beautiful his mind career peak was. Yeah, so he had three straight years where he was nominated for best actor. Yeah, and this was the one where he won. And so the insider was a year before. Yeah, then Gladiator, then Beautiful Mind, and so yeah. Russell Crowe kind of owned things for a while. Yeah, um, he kind of croned things. He nice kind of croned for things a nice. for a while. Yeah. Uh, but this battle is great. It is, um, and I think it's shot really well. And I love just the massive expanse of all of that. You have the. Um, whoever the messenger would have been to go like see if they wanted to not fight and uh, we've got our answer. He's headless. And this kind of gives you a vibe too of already. Any of these war epics are rated R. I mean, it's gory, gory. uh, But it's not gory to the extent of like just kind of over the top Kill Bill kind of things. Right. Um, It's just like trying to scratch the surface of what war looks like. Sure. Um, But Maximus, I loved his... So the scene that we get at the very beginning, I think, when he's just looking at the bird and it just yeah. kind of flies off, they they kept trying to... So this was an interesting movie because a lot of people weren't agreeing. We had a lot of, like, big-headed people in the production process of this. Yeah. And the writer kind of got pushed around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Man, that sucks. But they were trying to find a way to make Maximus a little more relatable. Because yeah. he is kind of this cold, hard... Like, he also needs to be able to feel, like, invincible. Right, yeah. Like, kind of how Denzel Washington always is. It, Bruce right. Willis always is. It's right. like, I don't know who he's supposed to be, but he can probably kick anyone's butt and not care. Right, right? yeah. So, that little bird scene was one of the first things that they filmed, and they just kept it. Yeah. He was literally just watching a bird and him and Ridley were like, let's do it. Because So Russell Crowe had a really close relationship with Ridley Scott and Richard Harris. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, who we'll see in just a little bit who uh, yeah. does, I kept thinking like Dumbledore just watching the whole battle up yeah, there. For real. Yeah, first um, Dumbledore. But this was great. It's kind of hard. You don't want to dissect a complete battle. I had some favorite parts. I love the fact that he's saying you're in, you're in Elysium. Like if you're out in the field, there's some yeah. really epic lines. I think yeah. we always remember, are you not entertained? Yeah. But there's a lot more great- Movie says, lines in right this. after. Don't worry, you're in Elysium. I think he says, "What we do now echoes in eternity." Yeah, like yeah. Such a good Amazing. line. Well, and like, yeah, so you're already dead. This is if this, you're out there. Yeah. the start of this movie sets the tone for the rest of the movie, mm-hmm. which is far, far, far more. So, okay, so I have two separate phases of my life with this movie: watching it with my dad as a kid because it's awesome and has swords in it. Yeah, yeah. and watching it as a late teen and t- like adult and like a beginning to appreciate it for what it is. <clears throat> the things that I overlooked as a kid are how much it is like almost an art house film at the same time as being mm. like, it yeah. is so 
metaphorical and like yeah. like visually metaphorical and like well the scenes that you get to of like the quick time lapse of all that kind of stuff too yes. is not out of place for Ridley Scott and it wasn't out of place right. for Gladiator but it that's when it's like Blade Runner you made Blade yeah. Runner right. you know to yep. do things that are like what does this mean like I it, there's so much symbolism in there there's but an, I agree there's an extra level of artistry that I don't think the movie needs but right. I think it's much better for it. Yeah, that it's, makes not, sense. it's not harmed by it, certainly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I, I'm saying like, yeah. I'm very glad that it's there. It's, yeah. it's something that like, you don't have to do those those kind of almost dream sequences, the to after, tell this all the story. afterlife stuff to tell the story. Yeah. But it's so much stronger if you do. So the, yeah. the, the scene of him in the wheat field from the beginning was filmed for the end. And then really? they decided to... Yeah, go ahead and splice it up there. Yeah. yeah. Do you Which think that's to move. indicate that his death is always before him? Like he's always... My uh, my thought goes to Hamilton. I imagine death so much it feels more like a memory. Right. Like he's conscious yeah. of that. Do you think that's why that's there? Right. I think so. Because I mean, we start the movie literally talking yeah. about like like what we do here echoes any term. I mean, he is so like in, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Afterlife focused yeah. throughout this whole movie. Um, yeah. that, that I feel like, yeah, I think you're right. That yeah. this is to say like, it's inevitable for him. And then that's yeah. how he feels. Digimon will come along to be able to talk about He's kind of there to have the conversation yeah. about mm-hmm. the afterlife. Yeah, and I think absolutely. that's great. Um, and so we get through the war. We win without, I mean, there's a ton of loss there. But this is so cool. I can't think of movies, and there's probably some war movies that do this, but you'll you'll get some. It's hard to do beginning of the movie character development during a battle scene. Yeah. But somehow we kind of get to know Maximus a little bit. And yeah. that's and yeah. that's and that would be anyone who wore a star or, you know, you know medals and stuff in a war you're like oh that's a leader but yeah. to see kind of how he was kind of stick with me and then we'll have an uh, allusion to what happens later in in the arena in terms of those that fought under him and stuff but um so they win the battle uh i love big germania general guy the yeah. barbarian dude with the massive club mm. yeah uh, who it took a lot of people to bring him down but there's some fun battle scenes how did y'all feel about and i think there was some trivia about i think they were running out of daylight yeah and for the, so, the camera, the blurry effect. Yeah, how do you feel about the blurry effect? Uh, my super dump is the slow motion technique. This is different from the blurred effect. The blurred sure. effect is we're shooting at a very low frame rate. We're duplicating those frames. Uh, that's so that we can raise the exposure of the camera to get a consistent lighting profile across yeah. the whole scene. Um, but this does a slow motion effect that I think we also. I think I also super dumped this in Return of the King. Uh, yeah, it's the same kind of really stuttery slow motion effect where you don't shoot extra frames. Uh, but you just play back the frames that you shot much slower. It's almost um, stop motion. It is. And there's there's sections like that. Those scenes, that's cut right up next against a traditional slow motion sequence shot in 60 frames per second, played back at 40% speed. Um, so I don't know why I don't know why we did the really stuttery one. That, mm-hmm. And I think it was a stylistic thing at the time. It just, it dates. That's the only thing that really dates this movie to me. Yeah, I yeah. see that too. It's a dump for me. I mean, yeah. it was, it yeah. was kind of a, because it was, yeah, I don't know if it was, very necessary. I yeah. think it had enough going for it. But yeah. um, so he's walking away uh, from the battlefield, and you like people are chanting Maximus throughout this movie, right? Like the world loves yes. Maximus Meridius, and so um, he's coming to the tent to see uh, Marcus Aurelius. And so the scratches that were on Russell Crowe's face at that time—that is not he. He actually yeah, he ran into a tree, like. <laughs> on the horse ran through yeah, branches and had funny. stitches and stuff too. And so this, this movie beat the crap out of Russell Crowe. Yes. He, is that the thing where he like lost feeling in his finger? In his forefinger. That's crazy. From well, sword and fighting. like aggravated for two, years. For two years. injury and like popped his hip out of socket, popped his like shoulder tendons out. Like he did Man. so much stuff in this movie yeah. um, because he kept insisting on going harder and harder. Yeah. Wow. Which that's really cool. I don't know a lot about Russell Crowe. Like he, he seems to me like, a very talented dude, bro. And yeah. So, like, I totally yeah. get the idea that he would be like, <laughs> yeah. Him again. And then on, on, at that, an Australian dude, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Like, which so is he's wild. <laughs> way more legitimate than that an American wild. dude, bro. Um, I think, I think, I, if we don't start talking about Commodus, I'm going to lose my mind. Yeah. Okay. Let's get there. So, um, I do love Richard Harris and I love yes. the interaction that he has with Maximus. Yes. Harris is excellent. Yeah. He, yeah. Anything that he has to say is just delivered. So very well, but I do want to talk. I guess the first we see of Commodus is in the the coach on the way to right. the battlefield, right? And he is immediately characterized as sort of late to the party on purpose to avoid the fight. Yeah. Yep. Um, super pump. Really, Joaquin Phoenix 
Commodus, super pump. Yeah. That's mine too. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. It's also my super pump. He mm. is just so... Ew. I and know. I think he's an underrated villain. I was looking... I, I was certain he was going to be on like an AFI top 50 villains. I can't believe he's not. He's not. He's he not is, there. He is horrendous. Like Maximus made number 50 for the top heroes. Really? Um, but, no. but Commodus doesn't even make it at all. And wow. maybe it's just because he's... <clears throat> Just so slimy. I don't know. But that's a good this villain is, to me. To me, this is like Joaquin Phoenix. Like this role is what I think of when I think of Joaquin. And this was you one of I his mean? first big movies. Like, yeah. he, I mean, he'll he's do, a baby in this movie. He's he like is. 26 and yeah. he'll do signs two years later. And cool. then, wow. cool. Uh, well, I'm 25 and I'm doing this. Yeah. So, <laughs> so same, same career time. path. I got but time. I got a year. He is so good yeah. in this movie. I mean, and yeah. Also a big pump to Connie Nielsen for sharing, yeah. sharing so many scenes with him and delivering that so well. She yes. was actually the um, go-to for a lot of people on set in terms of historical stuff about Rome. She's just been fascinated forever. The ring that she's wearing, did you guys see this? Yeah. yeah. She found it in a... She found that at a thrift shop. It's 2,000 years old. Yeah, what that's thrift crazy. shop are you at? Well, she's, like, that's she's, amazing. Isn't she uh, Swedish or Danish or something? Danish. Yeah, maybe they just got crazy antique shops and... Or Lucia. What is her? How is her name pronounced? Do they ever say her name very much? I d- honestly don't know. I think they say it once. <laughs> Everyone calls Lucia. her sister or daughter. Okay, so yeah. I, I'm just going to call her Connie. But Connie, yeah. um, Connie, our our great characters: Maximus, <laughs> Commodus, Connie, 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 um, and Connie. And uh, yeah, they do so well, but they make it there. And his gosh, Commodus entering in. When all these guys are like bloody and they just battled, and he's like, "What did I miss?" Like literally, did, almost did I literally, miss the fight. Yeah, did I miss the fight? And As he like jumps. Marcus really, Aurelius says, "Like big time off the horse." You and missed, missed the, the war. war. Yeah. Oh, I, I think that that scene um, characterizes Commodus for the rest of the movie. Yep. And what's impressive to me is that from the get go, everything. Everything that we see him do, everything that he does and is for the rest of the movie, can be summed up as that moment. Yeah. Um, I think a lot the of the coward yeah. who came late to war on purpose. Yep. For uh, sure. I would, I would disagree with that. I would say I would love to skip to the scene of him with, and Marcus Aurelius. Yeah. Yeah. I would say the death. That, that to me, that scene is my super pump. Uh I feel like that is the heart of Commodus of I don't know, the, the way that he the way that he's like crying, he never felt his father's love. And so he's yeah. doing everything he can to make up for that. Also a good point. Which I guess that's that's probably the underlying yeah. heart of the scene you were talking about. Yeah. This to me feels like such a clear distillation of the reasons that this guy is absolutely off his rocker. Well, and, th- and that scene is, I think, perfect. Not only for Joaquin acting, just yeah. outstanding. It's unbelievable. Yeah. But also, I think you're absolutely right. The like, like why do you hate me? Yeah, I'm not good enough. I have virtue. Who yeah. and, and Marcus in the moment realizing I have I have led my son to believe that I hate him simply because he's not my favorite thing in the world. And yeah. then it's too late to do anything because yeah. he's gone. Oh my gosh, it's so good. And you never see like I feel like he's such a unique villain because you never see somebody <laughs> reduced a villain like that reduced to the point of tears of like feeling so powerless and so helpless until the second that he decides. You know what? I'm in charge. I'm going to go with this guy and I'm the emperor now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, that's, there's a lot of scenes, but this one specifically felt like this is what got him the Oscar nomination. Yeah. And he passed out after that scene. Yeah, I did read that. (laughs) Wow, really? He just passed out because he was using so much energy. Another fun story. So, um, Richard Harris and uh, Russell Crowe hit it off from the start on set. Uh, And Joaquin coming in as a 26-year-old, like, confessed to Russell Crowe, like, I am... 100% 100% intimidated. This is a $100 million movie. I don't like having doubts, right? Which is not the Joaquin Phoenix of today who yeah. you feel like could just come own everything. Right. Like he's like, sure, iconic role. I'll play Joker. You know, just different random stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but Russell Crowe talked to Richard Harris and Richard Harris was like, basically, let's rough him up a little bit. And so they just pissed him off. Like they made him so mad. Like they they would jab at him all the time and just be like, you know what? you really shouldn't be here. And then when they would take him out for drinks and stuff, they'd like get him drinking enough and then just get him like loose and just furious. And then he just took it to set. And and Joaquin would that. later yeah. say like, Joaquin would later say like, I realized what they were doing. Wow. And that like fueled him even more. Dang. And so he was wow, like, this is crazy. so cool. That's right. crazy. So, all right. I know that, um, Sort of the beginning of this movie has a lot of setup. But yeah. now that we have spent roughly half of our podcast in the first 20 minutes of this movie, sure, it is time 
to start talking about Gladiator for real, for real. For real, for real. Yeah. Let's what do happens, it. Carter? So Commodus has killed Marcus Aurelius. Basically, there's a hit on Maximus. Mm-hmm. He gets away, which is a cool scene. Only the to frost. Yeah, only yeah. to get home in time to see a really gruesome, gruesome, gruesome death. And hey, he was there's a surprising amount of snot. There like is. A, that was like his a idea. Shocking amount of snot. Was snot. it really? Yeah. yeah. Was it they called it a snot? snot fest? It was supposed yeah, to be, it was. he was supposed to just fall and like have like a heroic Stoic. tear. And uh, Russell Crowe said, no, like if 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 I'm coming home to my wife and son hanging and yeah. burnt, like yeah. I'm going to be Crucified. blubbering. Yeah. And speaking of Snotfest, this is the little kid from uh, Beautiful, Life is Beautiful. Really? Same little boy in the concentration camp where his dad was uh, yeah. the guy who won the Oscar. So he's wow. been the little kid of two dads that grieve and win Oscar. Wow. Um, and the his wife is actually Ridley Scott's wife. longtime partner and now wife since yeah. like wow. 2015. That's crazy. And he's That's she's cool. in almost all his movies since 2000. Wow. Um, but yeah, he's dead. He's just passed out from grief and hunger. Uh, gets picked up by some slavers, uh, and then I think then we're introduced to uh, Hansu. Yeah. Yeah. He's one Hansu. Um, and he. I didn't just, recognize him at first. I feel like when I see him, he usually is a lot like leaner. Like if Blood this, Diamond? This makes sense. Like his face is a lot plumier, Well, he's jacked usually. for this for sure. Yeah, he is beefy in this yeah, Jacked movie. for sure. Um, and then he's kind of starting to take care of him. Uh, the maggot scene was like, what? Yeah, that's something that's I a nasty one. vividly remember. That's and then, um We meet Proximo. Yep. Um, They're sold to Proximo. Who, as much as Richard uh, Harris loved Russell Crowe, Oliver Reed hated Russell Crowe. Yeah. Even at one point on set, offered to they were going to fight. He said, "Fight me, let's fight." Wow. Um, he hated also each told other. Ridley Scott, "I'm done after five every day." Yeah. Did you read that? Yes. Dude, he, he said, "I'll be in your a- movie, but at five, my life is my own." It's like, oh, wow. oh okay, Mr. Well, Oliver he Reed. Like, he was like a longtime old school movie star by that oh, point, for sure. And so was Richard Harris. So that's why, like, right, whatever. There were certain shots of Oliver Reed that looked like they were from the Ten Commandments. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Movie. He's just got this like leathery tan. Yeah. <laughs> that is just amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so Proximo's... So Oliver Reed died during the filming of this movie. Yeah, near the ending. D- yeah. Near the end of this movie. And so the they had to reshoot where he comes stuff. to the gate and tells Maximus to go at the very end yeah. is not real. Yeah. They have CGI'd his head onto a, Are you a double's body. It looks... So I, this is a great transition for me real quick. Um in contrast to how great that looks, um, there are some moments, I'm particularly talking about the birds here, um, the way the birds look in front of the Coliseum yeah. and, and they're just shown Some of the landscape times. shots of the Coliseum, it's like they forgot to do, they forgot to simulate a camera in the right. CG stuff and they so just there's found no depth of field. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's and pretty interesting. That, that and the birds is so weird. Um, it's not my super dump, it's just something I really don't yeah. like. So it's very strange. It's but, crazy uh, how good the, the body double... <laughs> VFX face thing looks in this and how bad it looks in Fast and Furious. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. Many years later. Well, yeah. Torchlight, dark at night. Uh, that's yeah. the only thing I can think of. <laughs> but, Are those lyrics? Yeah. As we're, Death Cab? As we're transitioning into Maximus as a gladiator, I think we should also transition into podcast as an announcement time. Hey, it's Shout Welcome to Shout Announcements, the part of the show where we give shout-outs and make announcements. It's time to do just that. Our first shout-out is going to go to Waxbase and Tyler Station. It's where we are right now. We're drinking their coffee. We're doing work in it. It's a co-working space where you can get work done, meet with people. It's in Dallas. Check them out. <laughs> also, we want to give a shout-out to Podbean. We pay you money and we put stuff on you. Mostly our podcast. That's right. This Pod- one. Podbean. Podbean. <laughs> I always jump the gun. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Jordan Green. He sent in pumps and dumps for Gladiator. And I, hand to my heart, swear that I did not read this uh, before right now. His super pump is Joaquin Phoenix as Commodus. Uh, so that's an opinion Nash. he shares with yeah. the three of us. Sure. His super dump is the bad slow-mo sequence during the opening battle. <laughs> wow. Hey, that's somebody else who shares that opinion. Wow. Uh, I have got a, we, I think we have a super duper pump. Yes. Uh, not that there's levels of super pump, but this was <clears throat> above and beyond. So Sheridan Gill, big shout out to Sheridan. Yeah. Yes, um, thank she you. She is an old connection to Lampasas, uh, where I'm from, but 
um, she made an assignment for her class, like an extra credit thing for for kids to listen to our podcast. And that means the world to us on many levels. That yeah. it's within the realm of education, um, that it's younger students listening to the podcast. And thank you all for those students to your reviews. Yes, thank um, you guys. For the podcast. And for those of you that continue to review. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's a disservice to the podcast to not be surprised if if we ever kind of reach like a plateau for a little while, like to have like two or three days of like, oh, that's not quite what I expected in terms of downloads and stuff. Right. But it has like it's not it's not slowing down, and it's yeah. just so exciting. Are, and that is we are growing both in downloads and reviews, absolutely. which is huge. Absolutely. And listeners, that's your fault. So thank you. Thank that you. is your fault. One hundred percent your fault. Um, and so amidst this series of directors. We're going to have a new one come up. With Jordan's boy. Tell yeah, us about so him. next week is uh, my movie, my director. First movie from my director. And that director is Denis Villeneuve, whose name Denis I had Villeneuve. to look up. So I finally we know how to be, pronounce it. We'll uh, be reviewing Telefon Celibidio. Uh, <laughs> uh, Denis <laughs> Villeneuve French. is the French Canadian director responsible for many recent sci fi and smash hits. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all your favorites all are your on favorites. this one. All your big ones. <laughs> favorites like... Awesome. <laughs> um, ball he, with the ball. He, <laughs> <laughs> that one Limbiscuit Limb song. The one of... <laughs> Sorry. Uh, he, is, he is my favorite director. Um, I love his work. And the first movie that we're going to talk about from him is Prisoners from 2013. Um, very, very excited to both watch again and talk about this movie with yeah. you boys. That's an intense one. It is an intense one. Yeah, yeah, I would say that. And then we don't even have to give the movie, but Doge, do you want to go ahead and give your director just so that we can start having conversations about these three? Yeah, it's Stevie Spiels. Stevie, Stevie Spielberg. Spielberg. Stevie Spiels is my guy. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to be excited to, we to got dive some, into that. We got some some cool movies coming yeah, out. Yeah, really I think we're realizing that a lot of the connections and the great conversations, like we don't even see coming. Like, yeah. it's not going to happen until we get there, which is really cool. Yeah. So. Like uh, all three of our directors have Harrison Ford in common, so figure that one out. Figure it out. It's up to you. But uh, I think that's the end of Shout Announcements, which means it's time for us to back to the show. So we're back now, and it's time to actually be a gladiator. Uh, and so Maximus, in order to be a gladiator, is kind of trying to remove people knowing who he is. Right, yeah. Um, so we do have a scene that's pretty important of him kind of cutting up his tattoo that says he was in the Legion yeah. in terms of mm. uh, fighting for Rim. Gigagori. Got a fun stat yeah, for you guys. Owie. I'm going to give you a list of five individuals, okay? And I need you to decide if any of them need to be removed under one criteria. I'm. These are five people that I believe to be some form of a movie icon. Okay. Okay? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Richard Harris. Okay, yeah. Do we keep him? Mm-hmm. Hans Zimmer. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah. Russell Crowe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Joaquin Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ridley Scott. Yeah. For Jordan's list, if we have to, are you saying we have to take one? No, you sh- don't have oh, to. No. I'm saying yeah, do no, any we, of them qualify to not be there? No, they no, should all be there. All How many icons. Oscars do the five of these guys have combined? Golly. Over a dozen, I bet. The limit does not exist. Two. Wait. Whoa, are you wait, serious? Wait, 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 wait. Hans Zimmer's only Oscar is Lion King. Russell Crowe's only Oscar is Gladiator. The rest have none. Are you serious? Ridley Scott has never won an Oscar. Hmm? Ridley Scott has never won an Oscar. Not for directing. If it was an Oscar, it was because it was his... It was like... So the Martian won for like writing and stuff, but he wasn't really a part of that right. adapted screenplay. Yeah. He was just at the helm. But really, Scott hasn't won an Oscar. That I am in disbelief. To me. Joaquin Phoenix has not won an Oscar. That's Hans Zimmer has only won one. One. Does that not blow your mind? That's uh, crazy to me. I'm like the Hans Zimmer one's a little easier. For and me I throw to Richard Harris in there no too. Way. I throw Richard Harris in there too, and that's just because he's like he is kind of like the old school. Yeah. Michael Caine age type person. Sure, yeah. Like, but he's never won. And so I just thought that was wild because I kept looking as like, and it didn't take anything away from the fact that I picked this movie and that I love this movie because it is surprising. And if anything, that adds to the fact of being like, wait, what? (laughs) Like these guys? Dude, that is wild. Yeah. I can't believe that. Completely Mm -hmm. wild. And I bring that up uh, because I start thinking about Hans Zimmer and it's not the most popular like just musical sequence that he's ever done because there's a lot of big popular things. But that kind of bomb, 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 yeah. bomb gives me the emotions. Sure. Like yes. every time it's played and it's kind of subtly in there because that's what you'll do. Like the same thing, like any Harry Potter movie, it's like bomb, 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 bomb. Is there a phrase for what your main theme? 
Yeah. Just yeah, your main theme yeah, is. So the, like, uh, the Star Wars movies are a great example of this. You can go through and and if you're paying attention, you can assign like, hey, here's Luke's theme. Here's Leia's theme. Right. Here's the Han the and Leia Force theme. theme. So that's here's Maximus the theme. theme. So that's the Maximus theme. Yeah. yeah. And they'll weave it into the different tracks in the soundtrack. You know what the coolest theme in... Uh, Gladiator is what the parts of the Caribbean, theme. the one from Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> Dude, that happens in, in not the first big battle. I don't yeah. think it no, happens, it is. It's a, the chariot the, battle is not the first one though. No, right? uh, no, I'm talking about against the the barbarians at the oh, very beginning of yeah. the movie. It's oh, like, oh yeah, like it's so very much. And there's even points. I say notorious because he is, but he's notorious for reusing like pieces in other movies. Yeah, the biggest one. I think we might have even talked about it on. Uh, the podcast before, but uh, Home Alone and Harry Potter have oh, yeah. songs in common. Oh, you're right. Yeah. You're absolutely right. But it was even, because it even goes into, it's like, well, that's pirate, and but it just keeps going because yeah. it's like, done. And I'm just like, wait, what is happening yeah, right now? I didn't remember that. Yeah. Uh, because Pirates is kind of given more credit for that than... Sure. Because that was its theme, right? right? That was, it wasn't it's the big the, one. For the so a lot of theme. times the reason that happens is because when directors are cutting like a what's called a previs, like a pre-visualization of a scene. They're like editing scans of a storyboard in or something like that. They'll put a temp track in. Uh, and that's the reason all movie music starts to sound the same is because they'll grab a temp track. Like when they were doing previs for Pirates, they grabbed a temp track from Gladiator. And Jerry Bruckheimer was like, you know what? I really actually love that music. Can you just do something really similar to that? And so that's why movie music is kind of a feedback loop of like, well, and they're both Hans Zimmer. Right, but this is what I'm saying. That is like, so interesting. Rhythmically, there's things that are consistent across all movie soundtracks. Like there's the the rhythmic pattern of the chanting from The Dark Knight Rises yeah. that was showing up in every single movie for like five years after yeah, that. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. true. And it's because of temp tracks. All of a sudden, uh, every drum was like this, like, gun, 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 exactly. gun, 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 If you want to fall down a rabbit hole, read... Uh, read film composers talking about temp tracks, it's like kind of widely regarded as like, this is the worst thing that could happen to our industry. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, so this first battle, I really do, there's a lot of great just scenes, but just to kind of, I think they kind of get you, they try and make you as intimidated as a gladiator would be walking into an arena. But sure. the main guy who's just got this massive Jeez. like ball and chain, mm, what is it called? A, a star? Mace. Flail. Like a flail. That oh, I guess a mace woof. has a stick, right? A mace is a stick. Yep. Like around the front. And then you've got freaking Jake from State Farm. <laughs> that Maximus is like, I'm getting away from this day. Smooshed. This dude's about to die. Yeah, yeah. And he's chained up to Turbo Man, who's like throughout <laughs> the movie, he's like, I'll just cut his hand off it's so I can fight that now. they're his actual names. That those I know. Are the real names. Jake from yeah, State Farm and Turbo Man. Turbo Man. It's, it's like, I love you, Maximus. I will fight for you and Turbo Man. Um, <laughs> but their fight is great. And we get to see Digimon's chops and stuff. I also love that Russell Crowe is he looks strong, but he is not cut. He's like, not he like just, Thor. He doesn't look like Chris Hemsworth right. no, or like Henry Cavill. It's like the strongest dad you know. He does look dad strong. Yeah. He looks like he's got dad strength. Just with that hair and everything. It's just like coming in and just kicking butt. So but, I think I think we should blow through the Egyptian um, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, sort of gladiatorial combat. Just, But the purpose here being Maximus A wants to get back to Rome yes. and come face to face with Commodus, but also he knows that it, it can't just be walk out and dispatch every enemy and walk back in. Right. Right. He's got to put on a show. The people which is, have to love him. Which is the power which of what are you not entertained. Told him to do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which is, I love that the way that interacts, the way that we tell the story of Rome has to belong to the people is through the eyes of a gladiator who has to make sure the people are on his side. Right. Yeah. Awesome. It's just the mob. They yeah. were they were often referred to as the, the mob. mob. Yeah. Um, and so we go to Rome. We do have a, a Quick scene in the Senate of uh, Commodus is in power now, and yeah. he is just even. Ugh. That super looks like a number two Ticonderoga pencil that he's writing with. It, like it absolutely just looks like does. It just looks like a 2019 pencil. What my, if my super dump for the movie was almost the sound effect they added in while he was spinning the sword on the ground, and how inconsistent <laughs> it is with how the yeah. sword spins? Really, it drove me nuts. That is so <laughs> funny, and we see kind of her. And I want to bring up right. Real quick, Connie Nielsen's character. Um, one another thing that Ridley Scott consistently does is very strong women. Yes, almost all of his movies, uh, whether they are a villain or they are a heroine, they are often in control. Mm. And she's essentially—it's alluded to that she is almost running Rome. Like uh, Richard Harris's character, yeah. Aurelius even says, "If if you were a man, mm. it would be you. Well, you would have been a great emperor." Would be. Gracchus talks about even everybody. Like, like everybody bends to her will, kind of a thing. Yes, and one of the like greatest heroines of all time is going to be in 
my next Ridley Scott movie. Like, this is something that Spoilers. he does yeah. all the time. Yeah. And I love it. Yeah, consistently good at it as well. Yes, absolutely. Um, I think that something that I want to talk about, and it, it, it becomes more evident the further we go into the movie, is um, it's actually my super dump. Okay. And it is how consistently in this movie that is on such a grand scale we get these weird close-up shots that aren't allowing anybody to interact with what's going on around them. Um, it's the only thing that that really truly bothers me about this movie. Okay. And it's the number of times that we get like a f- screen full of face or a screen full of ankles during a walk or s- something that is so s- close and not in a small intimate way, more in a, well, back up, let me get some space kind of a way. Interesting. Um, and and it, I, I always say interesting... Because I get it. There, there's a dump on that too. But that was one of the things that to me, coming in and like Ridley Scott's my guy, I want to just find stuff that's consistent with him. I feel like that's something he does a lot. Uh, I think I think he does it a lot, but I think this is the time when it felt like it had the the least utility to Absolutely. me. Absolutely. Like yeah. I, I feel like other times, you know, in a movie like like an Alien or a Blade Runner, it's to create claustrophobia or, you know, in other places, it's, it's to communicate something. And here I felt like it almost was just like, Zoom out, zoom out, zoom out. Let me see what's happening. Interesting. Mm. Um, and it, it just, I noticed it about halfway through the movie. I was like, that's what's bothering me. Mm. And it was enough to where I really thought about it a lot. So yeah, yeah that's my super dump. Gotcha. Um, so we have those two interact. Uh, and there he has decided, Commodus has decided, like what Rome needs is just a big old Super Bowl for 150 days. So it's 150 days straight of fighting in the Colosseum. Yep. Um, and so one of the first fights that we see is Maximus has made his way to the Colosseum, um, which, by the way, I won't spend too much time on it. I did get to visit the Colosseum uh, last fall. Um, and it's it's amazing. Like, I mean, it's a wonder of the world, right? So it's got all the hype in the world that you could possibly have as a structure. Mm. But it doesn't make sense that this was even a thing. Like the fact that they built this. And Hansu has a line. His character has a line. He's like, how did... How can man do this? And I'm sure that's what people thought Sure, yeah. for a long time. And I'm sure even in Rome in that time, they just probably took it for granted. They're like, it's here. You know, it's always been here, Colosseum. But it was a massive, massive thing. They do they do depict it a little bigger than the actual size that it is. Uh, but mm. that doesn't take away from the grand scale of it. It still would have been about a 50,000-seater in ancient insane. Rome. Uh, and so we come into this fight and he puts on, do you think they knew how iconic this helmet was going to be? I kind of think they did. I think they probably hoped. Yeah. yeah. Well, it worked. You know, he yeah. just picks this thing. It's like they had, it's like he knew in the moment, like people are going to love this for a long time. Mm. People are going to be, remember. like that's one of the main, if you were to pick like a, a really dumbed down scene or prop or anything to represent Gladiator, it might be this helmet. And he only wears it. I think it'd be the chess piece for me. A couple times with, with the, the horses, horses for Spaniard. Mm. Um, but we go into this battle. This is the one that is the Barbarian yeah. <laughs> so we've got that, that guy. guy's voice is ridiculous. Amazing. Yes. His actual eyebrows. Yeah, that's Are his you eyebrows. Yeah. yeah, that's unbelievable. Way to go, dude. He's like, no, check this. Uh, you know, he did that for his grandkids. <laughs> like, and, and he's they like, were like, can, I, can this be part of my thing? Can this know, be part trust of my me, thing? I can do this. So <laughs> we get, um, and there's all this like hush hush stuff, whisperings, which is such a Rome thing. You know that we right. the forty two stabs of Caesar and all that stuff, and so uh, guys like Falco uh, and some of the other guys in the Senate are already kind of like, can Commodus even do this? Yeah. But and I the lo- crazy thing about Falco is like his side B is so fast, and he just teleports gonna, across him with the a, stage. The down B for yeah, the down B does that good smash too. It's good. <laughs> oh gosh, I don't know why I just got that Smash Bros. <laughs> um, so this battle's really cool, and this is. This is uh, my favorite battle. Maximus being a general. And the there was even movie. someone who mentions that they fought under him, right? They're mm. like, I was under your command at whatever. Mm. Um, and then we have uh, the chariots come out and it doesn't oh, really man. go as was hoped, as was planned for the show. Um, the because barbarians, of Maximus's command, the which is what I love. Yeah, the barbarians win. Uh, and it's a really, really cool scene. Um, that girl gets cut in half by a sword on a chariot. That yeah, is brutal. Unbelievably wild. You know what feels more brutal? The guy who got like the chariot that was on its side and his head just gets Against just the edge of the college. Yes, yeah, that's people a are just squish. And I think it's such an interesting look at what was very likely in terms of like the kind of stuff that would happen at the Coliseum is like somebody's dead. I want to see and like looking yeah, over. Look, look at, let me look at it. Right. Yeah. What a crazy, crazy. time. Yeah. Crazy, crazy time. Yeah. Um, and so probably top three biggest scenes of the whole movie happens mm. at this point uh, to where it's over. Maximus Commodus wants Decimus to meet. Meridius. Yeah. 
father to a murdered son, husband to a murdered Guys, wife. Uh, yes, so good. top. F- let's say top fifty iconic minutes of screen time in all movies. Maybe it's huge. Oh yeah, easy, it really easy, is. Easy. And and Joaquin Phoenix continues to everything so well because you want to put yourself in his place and be like, okay, he needs to act as if. He thought this dude was dead, except there's 50,000 people watching. Right. And he kind of pulls that off. And so it's just, I love just to Russell see Crow everyone's in this reaction. Movie, but yeah. I'm telling you, I watch for Joaquin and yeah. like he's, he's stealing scenes yeah, he's with amazing. the leads. Yeah. And he just, he consumes all around him in this movie to me. Yep. <laughs> it and is so unbelievable. He's, he's not sure what to do. Like immediately he wants to kill him, which by the way, so the whole thumbs up, thumbs down thing, we'll talk about that. Yeah. Ridley and the producers. It. Yeah. They produced it because they were just like, I just don't, don't think I don't want to have to confuse people with that. But then obviously later everybody gets real smart and has Google, and then they're like, "But wait, no, sure." It's supposed to be the other way around. Um, but uh, also a little a little more about Commodus. So as a ruler, he was the gladiator emperor. I think is what he was called. And so Commodus would actually go down and fight. Mm. Uh, but these things, unbeknownst, actually unbeknownst to Commodus, the gladiators that he would fight against were would being be wounded. wounded in a way that we see towards the end of the movie. Mm. Um, and he's actually killed by a gladiator in like the, essentially what would be the locker room yeah. before a Narcissus. fight. Narcissus. Yeah. Narcissus. Um, kills so, poisoned actually by Narcissus. Yeah. Um, this is a myth, but people take it to be real. The to- toilets are referred to as commodes because of Commodus. How funny. Because, <laughs> because the, the Roman people eventually hated him so much by the end of his rule that they were naming their toilets after him. Which gives us a, you know, at, at first I was going to dump kind of to the end, uh, which we'll get there, but that gives more of a reason as to why the end was allowed to happen in terms of the end of our antagonist. Sure. Um, but after this fight, uh, Commodus has decided, I can't just kill him right now. Like, people are going to assume things because uh, we get a battle though. So his, his idea at this point is we have this battle for him to fight t- Tigris who yes. is this ancient, like... Legend. And by the way, the only undefeated gladiator ever is like how he's introduced, but like Proximo got his freedom and he was a gladiator. Yeah. And he's yeah. alive. So I don't was, understand the only undefeated gladiator. Yeah, that was tough for me too. Um, but, but anyway, the tiger fight is awesome. The real tigers, yeah. which is really cool. And they there was production actually had an easier time than they thought they would with these tigers. They were kind of having to rile them up a little bit to get some action from them because they kind of became semi-docile and were just kind of cool with it. They were just living. See, that's the thing, man. That's how I, I am too, I'm though. in this place where I want a dog so bad, but when I saw those tigers, I was like, I would have a tiger. Dude, I'll take I a, would pet a tiger. I'll have a tiger. I'll take and one. The, if everybody else is having some tigers, the I'll doors, the like hidden doors that bring the tigers real up stuff. is not out of the ordinary for the Coliseum. Same they, with so the elevator. Cool. They used to even have ship battles in the Coliseum. They would flood the Coliseum floor and have like battles between ships. Like this is, this that place is so was wild. wild beyond imagination. Yep. Um, and so that, this is a great fight too. And it's kind of tough to pick what the best battles are. Um, this one's up there for me sometimes when I watch it, because I also love just the cost costume won uh, an Oscar for this. And so yep. the helmets especially are just so cool. And Tigress's helmet is super, super cool. That kind of pulls down, with the little teardrop on the side. Yeah, that's um, awesome. But uh, Maximus has the opportunity to kill him. Yes. Does not. Now he's yes. getting shouts of Maximus the Merciful. Super backfire for Commodus. Sure. Now he's even more rage tears. Like, yeah. very mad. And this is the most pouty that he gets, Yeah, I think. <laughs> super, super pouty. Um, and then before, so obviously before we get to the final battle, like, what is some good setup between here, like some scenes that we should hit on? So uh, to me, the most important things that are happening between this point and our ending point are simply that at every turn, there is nothing that Commodus can do to turn the people against Maximus because of Maximus's virtue. It all comes back to that conversation at the beginning with Marcus, Marcus Aurelius. It is Maximus is so virtuous that it is impossible to not like him. Yep. Yeah. And so... And because of that, his people are beginning to turn on him. Right. People like Connie and... uh, uh, Oh, what's the guy's name? Gracchus? Gracchus. So there, yeah. there, I mean, we can kind of brush over this. There's a whole story of, I mean, it's incest. I mean, Commodus wants to be married to his sister. Yes. Yeah. And, um, and everybody knows you can't play Wii Sports with people that you have the same dad as. Yeah, no. it's a parental control thing on the system. So um, 
there's that. And so that that's another layer as to why he dislikes Maximus, just because Connie is so clearly interested in Maximus. And Maximus is still like, no, care more about my wife that has passed. So yeah, whatever. Um, I, I feel like the only character that we really haven't mentioned at all that kind of sets these things in motion here at the end is Cicero. Yeah. Chibs from Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> yeah. If you've ever watched that. This is Danny Flanagan. This is Danny Flanagan. Do you know how Flan- he got those scars? Flanny Danigan. Uh, it was a knife attack outside yeah. of, he was DJing at a nightclub and got attacked and stabbed several times in the face. Man. Yeah. Well, that's, whoa. Th- that's, those are the, that's the type of attack that Joker scars are based on. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. It's called a Glasgow smile or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Which crazy, is crazy. nuts. Um, I guess we should talk a little bit about Lucian too, because Lucian is the son, uh, Connie's son, because he's kind of been a, he's kind of a, a play, a big play for Commodus in yeah. terms of, because she's got a, a real fear that okay. he's going to. I read that people interpreted Commodus as like being and Wii I, Sports attracted to his yeah. nephew. I, I didn't never get that at all. So. I think that was for him to show Connie like you should, you should kind of be afraid. A hundred percent. Because he's Absolutely. always I, hurt And him. I think it's also like if, if the root of his motivation his is fatherhood. my father never loved Bingo. me. He has a totally warped view of fatherhood. Bingo. So he's trying to be a dad to yeah. this little boy. Bingo. Yeah. So I that's exactly how that I read it. But I, I've read that people were like, "Oh, Commodus is leaning that." Way. I didn't get that. No. At I think all. that's implied with with Gracchus. 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 Is it? I think that right. Isn't that implied with his servant? Am I? Did I totally misread that? Maybe I just didn't pay attention to that. I've I've never picked that up before. Yeah. <laughs> Rome be crazy though. <laughs> Rome is crazy. Rome be nasty too. Yeah. Yeah. Rome is strange. Um. So yeah, all this stuff is set up and now there's a developed plan to get Maximus out. Yes. Maximus also like word is going to, I can get word to all of my soldiers. Mm, you could have 5,000 mm. strong. Connie's like, wait, they, many of them have sworn to Commodus. And he was like, no, like when they see me alive, you'll, you'll, you'll see, see their him. opinions change. And we believe him because we're yeah. like, yeah, and 100. The, the Cicero, the, how, how are they looking and fat and bored? Yeah. Ready to do this thing. Yeah, absolutely. Love, love it, love it, love it. Um, Cicero's death is so sad to me. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. On the, on the horse. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that is such a brutal way to go. Yeah. It's just, it's just bad and everything's falling apart and, uh, Maximus is caught. And I think there's several times in here that Maximus is just ready. He's just waiting for death. Mm. Like anytime they come from the prison to grab him or anything like that, he's like, mm. cool. Like he's saying a prayer in front of the figurines. Yep. And he's like, I'm going like, see you later. And yet we're back to the Colosseum. We're back to the Colosseum. Uh, and we have the scene where he is chained up mm-hmm. uh, and all the other gladiators. I, do you, does, do they want you to feel like they're watching this happen? The other gladiators that are in behind bars. Cause we see Hansu and like other stuff. In, in, in the, the big room? Is yeah, that what you're yeah. yeah, I think so. I think, it's, I think it's making an example. Yeah. And so, um, by the way, we lost Turbo Man to the fight in, we did. in the yeah. uh, where they're held. Um, we down. It took him. It, it, took, it, was, it was a Boromir's death. It, <laughs> it was. was. Many, many an it took arrow. Took a lot of lances. Took a lot of lances. A couple of pokies. He took, he took a lot of lives with him on the way yeah, down. He though. did. Um, so we have just wonderful. The writing it's just amazing. And I think it's because I had, like Jordan was referring to, like I saw this as younger, mm. but then I'm, as, I'm, as I'm older is when I start to appreciate the dialogue more Yeah, in terms of how well-written this is. Um, the, the entire final about 10 minutes of this movie are basically perfect. Really, yeah. really good. But yep. he gets a little kidney stab mm. and it's mm. like, it's it's time for us to go fight. And man, if you already- think, Is it kidney? Is that what it was supposed to be? I don't know what it is. I assumed it was heart. I think it's up under the ribs. Because it's like pumping. I think it's right here. Because by the time he gets out, it's already dripping down to his ankles. Really? Yeah. By the time he gets into was, the Coliseum. I thought it was like his back. I thought yeah. he got stabbed in the back. I don't know. Because it was of the hug. So he stabs either way, the back. Either way. It's either way. The breastplate covered. <laughs> it's really bad. Yeah. Make sure it's covered up. It is a mortal owie. <laughs> yeah. Mortal owie. Um, and so surrounded by soldiers, we just have them one-on-one. And so this is Commodus's idea. And we kind of get an allusion to earlier that he's at least got some chops in, yeah, in being absolutely. able to fight. And in the history of that, like Commodus could do some sword fighting type stuff. Um, and so even, even with a mortal wound, mortal uh, owie, thank you, mortal owie. It's a, it's a good, it's a good, good fight. Yeah, it it really wasn't is. like a WWF. I don't want it to nearly negate silent. it down to that. It is nearly. I don't silent. think there's any music. There's no music. And it's just, yeah. it's just. Swords and uh, Jimmeral Lagasse's Jimmeral <laughs> with every hit. Uh, but so the audience, it's funny <laughs> just to kind of hear their reaction because there's like cheering at first, and and I think 
I mean, there's booze at Commodus at this point. Like oh, he's yeah. like, okay, well, I need to well, kill he's him. He's fighting their hero. Yeah. And it just felt like it was hopeless because what yeah. if Commodus wins, are mm. people going to respect him more no. ultimately? But either way, um, we, we start to get flashes of the afterlife already, mm, which yeah. is clearly showing that Maximus is dying. Uh, and then finally, it's almost a simultaneous kill. It's like one of those things like with yeah. your final breath, like in... Like you threw a sticky grenade in Halo, like yeah. years and years ago. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sniped, but you also got them. You got stuck by. Yep. Um, <laughs> they both retribution. I, yeah, retribution. Uh, they both go down, and running out first is Connie mm. and Lucian. Right, mm, Lucian's yeah. there too. Now, what happens though, and, and this is what we were referring to earlier, is we're kind of letting it happen because Commodus is asking for his sword before he dies. Um, and his soldiers are not helping. The soldiers are not helping. Yeah, and yeah. so, and this is this is a Rome kind of well. And the soldier that denies thing. him the sword is the same soldier that arrested Commodus at the beginning of the movie. Yep, arrested Maximus. Maximus. Sorry, yes, yeah. Yeah. arrested Maximus, Maximus at the beginning, at the beginning of, the of the movie. movie. Um, I was like, I don't remember that. <laughs> so Commodus, <laughs> <the> director's cut. <laughs> and I love, I love his costume for the final, just to be all white. Oh yeah, yeah. and he's about as pale as the white armor that yeah, he's wearing. Mm-hmm. He's just so slimy, but. Um, they're both gone. Maximus, Maximus' last words are, is Lucian safe? Yeah. yeah. Um, which again, just shows just how honorable he was. Well, and mm. it, it it juxtaposes um, Commodus's misunderstanding of what a father is and yep. Maximus excelling at being one. You know, in their, yeah. in, in their dying moments together. I mean, yep. it's pretty stark, the contrast. Yep. 100%. And so um, we see in the scene to where he's in the afterlife that that's eg- exactly what it was. He opens yeah. the door. Even kind of before he died, he was kind of motioning because he's seeing this stuff. He doesn't know what reality is in, yeah. in the afterlife. And uh, it's just a long road in this beautiful field and his his wife and son are welcoming him. Um, into Elysium. Yes, and yeah. and into Elysium. And uh, the scenes throughout, and it's it's the scene that ends it for us, but we have Hansu. Uh, burying the figurines kind yeah. of figuratively. Um, and then uh, he says, I'll see you again, but not yet, not yet, which was a wonderful, yep. another wonderful right. line throughout. Um, and then we have, you know, stuff, it's Hans Zimmer, so it felt kind of Lion King uh, yeah. towards the end. It almost felt like we would have that Simba running back to Pride Rock kind of yeah, music here. Music. And it's still, a, it's like Hans Zimmer's greatest hits are just Gladiator. It's like everything yeah. he ever used before <laughs> and would use after. Um and then it, it kind of comes to a close. There's also, I mean, the powerful scene, like Lucian walking up, uh, who will help me? Like, I'm going to carry him out was was another yeah. really powerful because yeah. all the gladiators show up. Um, yeah. And then that's just kind of the end. Mm, man, it's so good. That yeah. End, the ending is, I think you said it earlier, the ending, like the last 10 minutes it's are just perfect. Just perfect. Yeah. Just beat, beat to beat, second to second. Perfect. Yeah, absolutely perfect. And yeah, his, <clears throat> one of Maximus, another one of his last words are, you know, return, like Rome is going to have like a reawakening and stuff and mm. everything that were the promises that he would have given Marcus Aurelius, which, spoiler, Rome falls pretty soon yeah, after that. But happen. now I, I don't want to, I know we got to wrap up here, but I, it, I would, it would be a mistake to end this episode without asking like, what does this movie mean to you, Carter? Um, This was the, for me, this movie meant that there could be like heart and substance in in a action movie like mm. it, it was like a, yeah. a a war movie and this is this is the like this is the reason that i did not like how much people liked 300 right yeah right gerard butler cgi All style, no yes absolutely really cool scene stuff i've never seen before pump zack snyder way to go that was fun but like no substance to it and again yeah. too this doesn't feel like something that is, and, and it was a props to really Scott for me because this does not happen often. And when it does, it's right. iconic it's in movies. special. Yeah. You're Patriot, you're Braveheart, you're Gladiator. Um, and then I'm, I'm going to separate that from like the Saving Private Ryans of the world and stuff too. But by the way, really Scott did that too with Black Hawk Down. So yeah. like it, it was just different and it's, it's not easy to do. Right. And so for him to do that, and this is in 2000, most of his hits have been sci-fi. Yeah, like absolutely and way out there kind of stuff. So you know the 1984 Apple commercial mm. where the lady runs with the sledgehammer yeah. and throws? That's uh-huh. Ridley Scott directed that. Yeah. Yep. And so this is like, 
he's just iconic on that kind of stuff. And then just to kind of be like, I'm going to do a war epic. But again, though, he tries again. That's a fun thing about Ridley Scott is he, he'll do Robin Hood later. Ugh. He'll do Kingdom of Heaven later. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and it just doesn't go as well. But something happened here that I don't think is ever going to be forgotten. 12, 12 Oscar nominations, five wins. Not that that holds you know, much weight on what's my favorite movie ever, but um, it's, it's a top 10 movie for me, for sure. sure. Mm. Yeah, that's but, awesome. Well... Carter, time to rate this movie. Before we rate the movie, Carter, thanks for Gladiator. Thanks for Gladiator, Carter. Oh, you're welcome for Gladiator. I know it's very vulnerable to bring a movie that you love yeah. and try you and did like a great job in show and tell. Talk about it. Yeah. Thank, thank you. you. Good job. You can put it back in your backpack now. <sighs> great job. We put it on the fridge. <laughs> it's time to rate this movie. Yay. And we here at Two Chunks and a Hunk have developed the scientific cinema scale to help us with just that. And it is as follows The best thing we can ever say about a movie is own it, don't lend it. Buy, buy that, that poster. poster. The next best thing is going to be buy it. After that is rent it. That's followed by stream it and then forget it. And last, but certainly least, the worst thing we can ever say about a movie. God has forsaken us. Makes sense for me to go first. Yeah. Because I think a lot of it's assumed. This is a buy the poster for me. Sure. For the stuff that you just asked me. Um, there's just so many things that were done uh, really well. And I love to, another thing, like what this meant to me was looking back and appreciating Ridley Scott more is that grittiness is like a, you know, Ridley Scott doesn't have Wii Sports scenes in his movie. Right. Mm. If, if anything, there's a, like allusion to, and his quote on that is, um, Wii Sports is boring unless you're doing it. And so <laughs> okay. he's like, I don't, sh- I just don't have that in my movies. And that's also a pump for me in terms of why I think there's so many strong female characters because we don't get the objectification that leads to that. Sure. But yes. um, buy the poster for me. Cool. Man. And I'm not going to take a, f- like we <laughs> talked about this, the right? Thing that's hard because there's no, no, a part no, no, of no. to be like, yeah, dude, you're right. Buy the poster. But I think I'd give it a buy it. Yeah. This movie is fantastic. Absolutely phenomenal. Again, for all the reasons that we mentioned, it just doesn't quite tip over into poster territory. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. I would also give it a buy it. Um, uh, Again, I don't want us to get bogged down in um, is buy it bad because it's not buy that poster. Like buy it is the second best rating we can give a movie. Like Carter, stop watching. No, watching my head. I'm like, you better wait till next week, sucker. (laughs) I'm going to tank your movie. The whole time I'm like, yeah, I mean, I guess. I guess it's okay. (laughs) Uh, Um, But yeah, no, I, I think it's, such a good movie. It yeah. is fantastic. Um, and and I think that it's one that it's managed to stand the almost 20-year test of time. It's going to keep doing That's it. That's wild. For sure. And I, I think when we preface too about, you know, this is much more about the directors. It's not, you. it's hard to, to even try and make sense to say it's more about the directors than the movies. Right. But it it's like, be. yeah, we are picking two, and it was really tough picks for all of us, but oh we're trying gosh. to pick two to show the breadth of what the director can do. And right. there's probably even a scenario to where I could have picked something to be like this, but I'm just, I buy it. I don't buy the poster. And, sure. and that's a possibility uh, in any of this because I, I hope this promotes conversations between the chunkies of what your favorite director is. Yeah. yeah. Like find the things that are, because I think that's so fun to do mm-hmm. because you're going to go and find some stuff that you haven't seen before and stuff that you didn't know about. Like he made the Apple commercial. And I'm like, yeah. well, that does make sense. But um, yeah, no, I'm not offended by buy it. Yeah. Well, see you guys. <laughs> so uh, make sure you tune in next week to hear us talk about the movie that I am bringing, the very first one from Denis, and that movie is Prisoners. Pr- Prisoners. Were we supposed to say that with you? Prisoners. I, I thought we were. That's I fine. feel good about what just happened. Sure. Uh, very excited. Um, so make sure you tune in for that. And to end this week's episode, I'd like for us each to say our name and which Disney villain we would replace Commodus with in this movie. I'm Jordan Wonders. The principal from a goofy movie. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Love it. Science slumber party. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Doge, and I would replace him with Lotso Huggins Bear. Ooh. From Toy Story? From Toy Story 3. <laughs> because he is dastardly and diabolical. Uh, I'm Am Carter, and I'll replace him with someone who was just down the street, or would I say just down? In general, Hades. <gasps> nice. It's already in the period. Nice. Uh, kind of, yeah. you know, so it's <laughs> kind of. I'm looking at the Greek mythology like wizard over here and I'm like, never mind. His, he's pulling out his book and I'm like, <laughs> no, no, no. Hades is in, uh, not One's from Roman, this time. He's kind of immortal. Pluto. So he's there. Is it Pluto? <laughs> Pluto. The dog. The dog. Mickey's yeah, dog. Like, that's also <laughs> Disney. I don't remember him being a Pluto. villain. <laughs> so good. Wait, does he? He's not like a Pokemon. No, he is. <laughs> that Pluto, just, Pluto, Pluto. He doesn't say Pluto. Pluto, Pluto. <laughs> 
Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com podcast. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.